Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. Jake Browning played really well. They got him into a rhythm. They get him into the stuff that he likes to do. He operates the offense well. He doesn't make a lot of backup bozo type decisions. Uh, even when you think about his pick, it was like it wasn't a bad decision. It just was inaccurate. And then well, the one bad decision for you was he kind of threw that softball, like fly ball to Mixon in the flat. I was like, oh, God, Mixon's going to die. And he did get smacked. So <laughs> protect your guy a little bit. Don't, don't leave him out to dry like that. But, hey, it doesn't matter. Like, he played really well. If I can only point to a couple plays where Jake Browning didn't have the best attempt, didn't have the best throw, then that's really good from a backup. I think this is really good play from a backup quarterback back-to-back games last week was incredible mvp level stuff and we kind of knew that wasn't sustainable but this this is just solid good quarterback play and that is sustainable maybe it's not joe burrow but it's doing enough and they have a lot of talent on offense and if this defense can pull itself together like they did this week then this is a very dangerous team but before we go to the defense i feel like we got to talk offensive line right let's do it let's do it give credit where it's due Absolutely. Back-to-back weeks where I don't think I would have charged them for any sacks. I don't think that the run game is going without them blocking the way they do. The screen game works so well because of the way they're playing. I think the run designs have worked well. Now, similar front structure in the past two weeks. I think the Vikings are very unique in that regard, so we'll see how that goes. Um, But credit to them. Man, I don't see much pressure. And the pressure I do see is usually like Browning's holding onto the ball and then he goes and tries to scramble and a defender kind of like triggers on him knowing there's nobody near him. So he's just going to go try to speed up Browning or go get a sack, get a tackle, something. Um, I don't – they have handled all of these players so far. And, yeah, you could point to like – well, Josh Allen for the Jags is having a good year. And DeForest Buckner is a good player. So it's not like these are – really untalented lines where they don't even have a guy next week. They've got Daniel Hunter and they have Brian Flores, who is the pressure guy. He is going to drop eight and rush three, or he's going to rush six or more every single play. And that's going to be a huge test to them. But the past two weeks, they've passed the test, easily passed the test. And fans don't want to hear it because they already fired this guy. But Frank Pollock, man, good run designs, good job getting this game getting the run game going good job putting his guys in positions to succeed i think that when burrow was in there and you are an empty and you're doing all of that spread stuff it 
it was a great offense, top five offense. But when you are looking at why is this offensive line not performing where I'm expecting them? Well, that's kind of why, because it's a really difficult offense for them. This is a little bit easier for them in terms of an offense to play in because they're moving forward more often than they used to. And they're giving a threat to the run game and defenders aren't pinning their ears back because they see no threat of a run game. And I think that helps. I don't think it was so much of Pollock messing up. I think it's just like, well, Burrow likes to throw that thing and the Bengals like to let him throw that thing and they should let him throw. And, but let's not act like it's a terrible offensive line. I think that it has been a fine offensive line the whole time. And now they're playing above that and showing to be a good unit. The good news about all of this, and and we will record another podcast before we do kind of our preview to Saturday's game versus the Vikings. You look at this offense and you think of the future, and I, I don't want to think too far into it because this team is currently in the AFC playoff picture when it comes to postseason, and it's very exciting because I feel like there's too much talent offensively and defensively. But what you're seeing out of the running game, what you're seeing out of the offensive line, look, bad case scenario, maybe they lose their right tackle next year to free agency and Jonah Williams goes to another team and you have to place the right tackle position. Cordell Volson continues to play at a good level every week by week. Alex Kappa continues to play week by week. Good, good, good ball. You look at Ted Karras, you're going to have Orlando Brown at left tackle. All of this can be very big positives going into 2024 when you look at this offense, when it comes to the run game and the offensive line. And I think that's an awesome thing to look at where this current state of the Cincinnati Bengals are. Yeah. Yeah, where, where they are. I mean, I think after the past two weeks, you're feeling better about the left guard. You're feeling better about the center. You're feeling better about just the interior in general. You're feeling better. Orlando Brown's shaped up better. And, you know, I think he's recovered from his injury because this is what yeah. we should expect from him. Good play like this. Jonah Williams, said he he was up and down last week. But this week, pending the, the second watching, I thought he was pretty good. I, I know it's Ebukam and Quiddy Pay. Those players are fine. Like I wouldn't have minded if the Bengals would have grabbed Edukam as, a, paid to be as out there a too. rotational edge rusher in that role. They're they're solid players. They're not terrible, and they handled them. They handled DeForest Buckner. They handled Grover Stewart. I think that this offensive line deserves its flowers. They they've played really well over the past two weeks, and it's a big reason why the run game works. It's a big reason why Jake Browning has been so good. You know, we talked about that going into the game, what what kind of made us a little bit nervous about this matchup. And for the offensive line to show up today, I think that's absolutely huge. Honestly, in the second half, the Bengals are controlled the whole time. It just felt like it kind of felt like that the whole entire game. I know that sounds crazy to say, even though when it was 14 all, you had the pick six, they go for two, they get the two point conversion. All of that's really unfortunate. But overall, I just kind of like, eh, honestly, I kind of feel good about the Bengals today. Um, after that first touchdown for them, and they were able to finish it in the second half, and it, it was really awesome to see offensively. But let's flip to the defensive side because it's one of the things that I feel like I've criticized most this season. It was disappointed because I feel like they have a lot of talent out there, and I thought, man, it just sometimes doesn't feel like it's it's the same defense that I know. But I know they blew in a rumble out there, and it wasn't the points thing. It was more of the yardage that they were giving up to some offenses. You know, what did you think of the defensive side of the ball today? We need to be realistic about yards, man. I don't know. You're like, right. Yeah, You're it's, right. It's unfortunate, but why Why were they celebrating the Steelers' offenses if they, like, revolu- they, this was a revelation for them when they scored 16 points? So, yeah, 400 no. yards, great. You're still turning the ball over in the red zone and not scoring yeah. points, scoring field goals, not touchdowns. Not ideal. That's falling into the bend, don't break. Uh, 
This week, though, they held them to 272 yards on offense, so not a big offensive game from the Colts. Uh, I thought on the ground they stifled Zach Moss. That was big because they yeah. haven't done that much this, this season. And I think the big thing for me was we talked a bit about the linebackers playing under mm -hmm. expectations. I thought they played really well this week. And you can see things I was kind of – looking at like, yeah, they used to be able to do this and do that. Wilson looked better in coverage. Now, maybe you don't feel this way if that ball's thrown a little further and it doesn't hit his helmet on the possible touchdown, but we only judge what was there. And I think he got broken up. So uh, Wilson was better in coverage. I thought Pratt, he had a, a clean run through, didn't make the tackle, but held him up, ended up being a tackle for a loss. So these guys are doing what they did last year and the year before in this game. And I think everybody else just ended up kind of rounding it out. And you had Gino Beluzier. It feels like he's getting healthier off of that ACL the past two weeks. It feels like the defensive line has been better. And BJ Hill went out for a little bit, but came back and mm -hmm. spectacular interception. No other comment. I mean, that I'm was. I'm so glad it was because at the game, it looked like they were going to call an incompletion. So they called it a, a fumble, I think, on the field, then reviewed it and changed it to an interception, which. Oh. Well, that's what at least what the broadcast said. I, I think honestly, we thought it was an incompletion by the time that they were calling. He caught up. it, so I knew it was a turnover, whether it was an interception yeah. or a fumble recovery. But wow, I that's mean, awesome. just like yeah, yeah. To, if they actually did go back and change it, that's so cool because he deserves the interception. He's not. Yeah. He has the playoff interception against Mahomes and that one, and that those might be the only two interceptions he gets in his career. He should get credit for those. He, should. he shouldn't have to look back and go like, I should have had two, telling his grandkids, like, I actually had two. I actually had two picks, but they didn't count one. We can go back and watch the footage. Um, yeah, I thought the defensive line was really good. Trey Hendrickson in specific, man, dominated Bernard Raymond. I don't. I don't think that was a close matchup. I mean, <laughs> Bernard Raymond just didn't have the anchor to take him on um physically and then when that happens you're just kind of toast because then he starts adding in some of the moves around the outside because you're kind of sitting down on his bull rush and you're just done as an offensive tackle if you can't stop one then you're not gonna be able to stop the other because he can just go back and forth on you and that's what he did all game and the Colts do a good job getting that ball out early but it didn't matter I mean he was just dominating Raymond in that matchup outside of the defensive line Anything else on the defensive side of the ball and even the linebacker position that kind of stood out for you? No, like I said, linebackers played better. Um, defensive line, they did a great job both against the run and getting pressure. I thought the coverage was pretty good. It's hard to tell on broadcast, though. I mean, let's be real. Like, they mostly just run off the screen, <laughs> and then you're just judging when the ball's in the air. Like, I don't know. You didn't catch that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I thought the defense was just – this is what we were expecting, you know, yes. being able to hold a team to 14 points and being able to stifle them, control the game, force three and outs, get some turnovers. This is what you wanted to see. And they could continue this in the next week against the Vikings offense that at least the last I checked was still at zero points against the Las Vegas Raiders.